10-5, touchdown, Arkansas State. Culver is safe. The Red Wolves have walked it off. Almir, coast to coast, lays it home with the right hand, and he's fouled. Welcome to the Second to None podcast, the A-State podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo. Time once again for another Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Midpoint of December, less than two weeks away from Christmas. At some point, we'll start our Christmas shopping. You may be ahead of me, though. No, I mean, I don't do a ton of it, honestly, anyway. My two youngest are taking care of something from me that we'll talk about later. That's about it right now, honestly. My Um, thing is, I enjoy going out and actually going to the store and shopping. Everybody's online shopping now, and I've tried online shopping. I'm just no good at it. I don't, I mean, to me, it can be online. I like the thought of actually getting somebody a gift you thought they would enjoy and enjoy that when people do that for me. I do not want to give or receive gift cards. Don't like it. Got my own money. Don't need yours. <laughs> uh, I guess that could, I mean, that may be the closest thing we have for a rant today is I don't like giving or receiving gift cards. <laughs> now, it's a food place, stocking stuffer, different deal. But I just, I don't like it. It's just, it's lazy. So you're particular about the gift cards if it's no, to a certain... No, I'm just saying, no, I'm saying if you're giving, if my wife puts gift cards to places she knows I go for lunch in my stocking, that's cool. I don't want, as a gift, as the best I could come up with is to just say, here's this card and go buy what you want. I, then I, I had all year to just go buy what I wanted. I didn't need you telling me to. It's either A, lazy, or B, saying, I don't know you well enough to get you something I think you'd like. (laughs) All right. Uh, We got a lot to talk about today. In addition to uh, our lack of Christmas shopping skills, busy time right now for A-State men's basketball. And kind of want to go back and recap this past week for Mike Bellotto's team. Couple of games on the road against SWAC opponents. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing this a long time, 17 years I've been at Arkansas State, and I went to two different places I had never been, which is pretty rare this past week, going to Pine Bluff to call the game at UAPB on Wednesday, and then Saturday going to Itabina, Mississippi, as the Red Wolves took on Mississippi Valley State. Now, we did play Mississippi Valley back in 2009, back when Coach Brady was here. That game was actually about 45 minutes away from Itabina in Greenville, Mississippi. So this was my first trip to Itabina. Yeah, hadn't been there. I didn't know how to say it, though. I didn't know. And I saw you. I knew. I knew you were researching that. I didn't know <laughs> until well, actually, the FedEx guy came in the other day, and and he's a fan, and he said, "Hey, you're going to my alma mater coming up this weekend," and this is like. Uh, I don't know, Thursday or Friday. And I said, really? Well, let me ask you this. How do you pronounce the name of the town? And he said, well, it's Itabina. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's not a bad facility at it all over look there it. at Mississippi Valley. Did about a $17 million renovation in 2016. And you can tell they, they did a good job. All green chair backs around the arena. It's not a big arena, but a good size for them. The only thing about that is that there's just not many people there. It's not much of an atmosphere at Mississippi Valley State. On the flip side, 
talking about atmosphere. Wednesday night in Pine Bluff, there was plenty of noise. <laughs> and no, I don't know, but you shouldn't call it noise. You should call it atmosphere. It was atmosphere, and noise goes along with the atmosphere at Pine Bluff. And look, I don't mind it because I, I like a louder college basketball environment. I've always admired the band at UAPB, and you know they, they've come to Jonesboro before for football. And a lot of times when you go to a college basketball game, you'll see the pep band. I mean, you've seen this over and over. And, and usually, h- how many members are there of a pep band? Oh, I mean, you'd look. 25 or 30. Yeah, 25 or 30. I looked over and counted in the end zone, which was actually to my right and closest to the Arkansas State bench the other night, 100 members of the UAPB band were in the end zone. And I'll tell you, they started playing about 30 minutes before tip-off, which is when I go on the air for my pregame show. It was so loud. I was just hoping that my voice was louder over the air than than what the band was. And then during every single media timeout, I don't know how any of our players heard anything that Coach Bellotto was saying. I mean, it was that loud. And, you know, of course, I'm trying to hear when we're coming back from our commercial break. I'm actually pressing my headphones up against my ears as hard as I can so I can try to hear when we're coming back from commercial and i'm not complaining about that because it was actually pretty neat to have the band that involved the closest thing in the sunbelt you're gonna get to that is troy they have a big loud that's not that they do they're just loud and good they they got a good band program at troy and but yeah that, that that was unique to that setup in pine bluff as far as the game itself against uapb that was a scary game especially going down to their place you know UAPB had come into Jonesboro last year and won Mm -hmm. had a one-point win and uh, you know they had a new head coach this year a name our fans know very well Solomon Bozeman who was a former Sunbelt player of the year at Little Rock he's come in and and coach Bellotto has nothing but great things to say about him he thinks he'll he'll do a fantastic job as the head coach there but you know, UAPB got off to a hot start. They hit a few threes. You could tell that they gained some confidence from that. You're down 14 in the first half, 10 at halftime, but it looked like a different team in the second half. You and I talked about this after the fact. By the way, when you said, hey, it's a scary game, it didn't mean you at halftime you realized it was a scary game. You're thinking that going in because of what you just said. UAPB and everybody in that league, for that matter, has got players that are on scholarship. They got a young coach who's going to do a good job. They never get to play at home until their conference home opener. A lot of years, their conference home opener is the home opener. I think so they had the third toughest schedule in the nation going so into So they're going to be game. keyed up about getting home against anybody. And then it's Arkansas State. That's going to even ramp that up a notch. You should have, and I'm sure Coach Mulatto did expect, to come out and for some stretch of that game, get the very best UAPB's got, whether that stretch is 5, 10, turned out to be 20, whatever it is. You should have known you were going to get their best early on in that game. A-State goes on to outscore UAPB in the second half, 46-25. to 25. And, and really, it started at the defensive end. The Golden Lions shot 51% in the first half, held them to 33% in the second half. 
And Desi Sills was fantastic. He had a career high, 25 points. His previous career high at Arkansas was in a game against Auburn last year when he scored 23 in a game. Marquise Eaton had a big game, especially in the second half. 20 of his 22 points came in the second half, and then Norshad O'Meara uh, had a double-double, 14 points, 12 rebounds, and three block shots. Caleb Fields also had 13 points in the win. But you know, one thing that I know you and I talked about, just how good of a defender Desi is, and he's leading the Sun Belt in steals right now. He's very good on that end of the floor and and certainly brings you – a very high level of energy. I didn't realize how good of an offensive player he could be. And here he is fourth in the league in scoring right now. Part of why he was probably looking for his next opportunity. I think he probably wants somewhere where that part of his game could get showcased a little more because he's going to make those get down in the mud and those kind of junkyard dog plays you got to make to win. He's going to do that. He's go- And he's going to get a lot of steals and layups that are going to pad those scoring numbers. And I know he was not very happy the way he was shooting the ball early. I mean, he was like one for 17 or something like that from three to start the year. But you're starting, you know, night by night to see kind of his full game get more and more on display. So the Red Wolves come out with a win at UAPB. Then they go to Mississippi Valley on Saturday. And just more of a fact than anything, just looking at the two teams, it seemed like Pine Bluff was quite a bit better than what we would see on Saturday. Credit to Mississippi Valley. They played hard. They played well as far as forcing turnovers in this game. And we'll get to the turnovers here in a minute. But early on, you know, A-State has an 11-point lead. It, it looked like they had a chance to pull away and and make it a, a big win. But Mississippi Valley goes on a run at the end of the half. They actually lead at halftime, 34-33. Red Wolves come back and they win 82-77. Red Wolves shoot 56%, Mississippi Valley 44%, A-State plus 12 on the boards. They out-rebound them 39-27, but 24 turnovers. It's going to drive any coach crazy when that happens. And and really, the points off turnovers reflected that. I think Mississippi Valley led in that category 31-16, to and that's the reason yeah. the game was close. Yeah, look, because you got outscored 15 points there, so you outscored them 20 points every other way. And you know what? I understand that fans are going to get all keyed up. Apparently, you should never even ever trail to someone out of that league, which is kind of silly in my book. But at the end of the day, it's not how, it's how many. Whether that's in a game or whether that's how many games you win. And I sure would rather be talking about the things you did poorly in a win than saying, gosh, we went over and turned it over one too many times and lost a game you never should have lost. A-State finds a way to win despite the 24 yeah. turnovers. Marquise Eaton, again, steps up big in the second half. 16 of his 18 points came in the second half. Desi Sills with 17. Norshad O'Meara with another double-double. 15 points, 15 boards. Norshad, by the way, now leading the conference in double-doubles, field goal percentage, and rebounding. And he's top 15 in the nation in all three of those categories. Keon Wesley played sick. He had a, a fever the night before, really wasn't feeling well at all the day of, but he came in off the bench, ended up having to play 28 minutes, and he had 10 points and six rebounds. And Lazar Grobovich actually came in after Norshad got into some foul trouble. 
he had nine points in ten and a half minutes off the bench. So a lot of guys kind of stepping up. Again, unfortunately, it's because Norshad got yes. into some foul trouble and you had to go your second straight game without Antoine Jackson because he's been in concussion protocol. Yeah, because we've talked a lot about the Norshad got in foul trouble. That's uh, <laughs> a common theme. right? Yeah, now. It's sort of the story of the uh, early part of the year, but it really is just one of those deals where you know, a win is a win is a win. You know, you and I were talking last week and I don't know if it was, it was, it was before Mississippi Valley for sure, because we were talking about going to uh, play SWAC team on the road because you hadn't done it uh, in the time you were calling games. And actually, I did it once when I was doing the A-State women's games. Went to Alabama A&M. Just so folks understand, it's not too crazy what the men did, kind of having to come from behind to beat Pine Bluff and then win it ugly against Mississippi Valley. I can remember calling one game on the road against a team from the SWAC. In the 0405 season, the A-State women's team that beat a ranked TCU team, that beat Mississippi State, that beat Arkansas, lost at Alabama A&M. Mm. And I remember now, too, we actually opened, when Coach Brady was here one year, we opened the season at Jackson State. Other than that game in Greenville against Mississippi Valley, th- those two games were the only SWAC schools we played on the road during during my time here so it's it's not very often that happened and look coach Bellato after the win against Mississippi Valley he got on the air during the post game and he said he's happy for the win but said that kind of performance also wouldn't cut it in conference play you know I'll say that obviously when you get a win even when you played as bad as you did is always good but in order for us to be a great team like we want to be we have to understand that the way we performed tonight was uh not very good and if you play anybody in the Sun Belt and you come out and play like that, you don't have a chance to win. So we had a good talk in the locker room. Uh, it was a very clear message to the guys, and they, they owned up to it. So we just got to do better. But at the same time, you know, I thought certain guys played well at certain times. I thought Keith, Desi made some plays when they needed to, and then I thought Lazar was wonderful for us for us off the bench when Norshad was in foul trouble. We had nine points. He was a big help for those 10 minutes. So we'll, we'll take from this and learn. But, again, it's always great to have a win. Just I, I wish it was better. So the Red Wolves get the win. They're now 7-2, and 3-1 and one on the road. And now a huge challenge coming up on Tuesday night. I know that's when uh, we're releasing this podcast. Texas Tech team that's 7-1 and one coming off a win over Tennessee last week. A Texas Tech team that leads the nation in offensive rebounding. They're third in the country in rebounding margin. Top 20 in the country in forced turnovers. So we'll see if A-State can clean up the turnovers. And then also top 25 nationally in field goal percentage defense. So there's a really, really big challenge coming up. Yeah, and it's been the sort of team. You look at really the time Arkansas State's not played well. It's been the overall size that Illinois was able to throw out there just across the board, just do it after do it. And then the sort of the individual size of the broom kid from Moorhead State and the trouble he caused. That's been what's sort of made this team not look good. You're not going to run into it very often. And maybe after Tuesday night, you don't run into it at all. But that's sort of been the thing that has given this team problems so far this season. The game at Texas Tech Tuesday will wrap up the three-game road swing for the Red Wolves. A-State then returns home to take on Air Force. That'll be an interesting yes, matchup it will. coming up Sunday at 1. An Air Force team that, you know, like the Red Wolves going into the week with a record of 7-2. and two. So that's one of those games that, 
you know, like we've seen with maybe a Moorhead State or a Kansas City, a, a good kind of measuring stick game right before you go into conference play. And for anybody that's ever, you know, sort of squawked, and even though I understand it, I also completely understand how it happens. But if you've bemoaned the home schedule, the non-conference home schedule, then Air Force is the sort of game you better have your end there for, right? It's a good non-conference home game for Arkansas State to get because those things are not easy to get. So hopefully we have a good crowd there coming up Sunday for that one, and right? A doubleheader Sunday, is that? It's actually a men's-women's doubleheader, which I can't recall that ever happening. I've always remembered the women playing first in the doubleheaders, but the men will play at one against Air Force, and then the women play at four against Hendricks. So that's coming up Sunday at First National Bank Arena in Jonesboro. More to come here on the Second to None podcast right after this. The Simmons Bank Card Alerts app lets you get more from your Simmons debit and credit cards. Set transaction alerts to be notified of certain card activity and choose how you receive each alert. You can suspend your card, set a spend limit, or decline specific transaction types. You can even manage multiple cards. So get more control, more convenience, and more peace of mind with your Simmons Bank debit and credit cards. Learn more at SimmonsBank.com forward slash debit card. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Back on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Going to kind of turn away from the action on the court or on the field right now and Talk about the biggest event that happened in Northeast Arkansas this past week, and that was the storms that hit the area on Friday night. And continued prayers go out to the communities of Truman, Leachville, and Monette in particular as they recover from the tornado damage. But saw on social media the other day that some of our A-State student-athletes decided to go out on their own and help out on Saturday, and that included Cooper Cowan of the Sunbelt champion Mm -hmm. A-State soccer team. And Cooper joins us right now. And first off, Cooper, welcome. We appreciate you joining us. And just kind of want to know what inspired you to go out and help the folks in Monette on Saturday. Thanks for having me. Well, we were sitting in the A-State cafeteria. My friend Keelan Peacock, who also is on the soccer team, and my other friend Kevin, who plays golf, and we were just talking about the tornado and, like, what happened, because this was the first for all three of us. And Keelan was like, let's go to Monette and, like, see the damage and see, like, what's going on. I was like, yeah, like, and if someone needs help, we can get out of the car and help. So we drove to the nursing home that was featured like all over the news on region eight and we asked if they needed help but they didn't they're doing a news thing there and then we saw the neighborhood got hit pretty hard too and so we are asking people in this one family let us help them and so we cleaned up their backyard with all the debris and they had a pool destroyed swing set was cut in half the trampoline the metal was all folded up so we helped move it on trailers to get taken out Hmm. So, two soccer players and a golfer who's on this trip? Yes. So, you guys get this idea when Friday night after when it's going on? or We got it Saturday, like, brunch time. Gotcha. So, where are you Friday night when this is going on? I mean, you said you hadn't, hadn't experienced this. So, tell me about kind of what your Friday night was like. 
Well, Friday night I was studying for my exams, and then I went to go eat dinner with some friends in the cab, and we got a tornado warning. And so we came back to the room. I have a emotional support animal, so I had to get him situated. So then we all went to the union, and we sat in there with like 500 students. Oh, wow. It's crazy. Yeah. And then we got released, and then we had another one. And two hours after, and that's when I was hiding in my bathroom with my dog. Wow. So how did your dog hold up through all this? A lot better than He's I a support did. dog. How do you think he did in all this? He was supportive. He was just squeaking his little... He was doing his job. Away. Yeah. He was just chilling. What's the dog's name? His name's Tito. Tito. Yes. He's a blue healer. Tito the Blue Healer. All right. Well, yeah. Tito, one of the unsung heroes yeah. did from... He, did he go to Monette? <laughs> no, he stayed here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, it, it's, uh, it's really cool that you guys went. And I, I know you didn't do it for recognition, but you end up going out and helping these people. And when you were there, I mean, what was the reaction, you know, from the folks there in Monette that, you know, some student athletes from Arkansas State just out of the kindness of their hearts wanted to show up? How did they receive that? They were actually very happy because the family we helped were all alumni from A-State. And so we got on that kind of topic. Uh, they didn't play sports, but I had some of them had the same majors that we had, and it was really cool. And they offered to, like, hey, like, if you ever need, like, a job or internship, like, y'all can always talk to us and all that stuff. So it was pretty cool to make connections and get to know other people outside of Jonesboro. So I don't know you're college age, you're young adults, but you're still young people. How do you uh, mm-hmm. how do you sort of broach the subject? You said you went to the nursing home first. And obviously that you know that everything was kind of centered there, so they were covered. So like, how do you decide which place to go next? And when you show up, what do you say to the people? <laughs> we just parked on their street, and Kevin got out and was like, "I'm gonna go ask these people." And we're like, oh, "Okay." And he just walked up to them. It's like, "Hey, like, we're just looking to help." And like at first they're like, "Oh, like we're not paying you. Like we don't need help." And we're like, no, 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 like, we're just volunteering. Like, we just want to help. We don't want pay or anything. We just want to make sure everybody's good here and help in any kind of way possible. We're talking with Cooper Cowan from the A-State soccer team. Her and some other student athletes from A-State went out and helped the folks in Monette over the weekend after the tornado damage there. And Cooper and I were talking about it off the air. We're actually from the same hometown of Burleson, Texas. And growing up, you always heard, okay, Burleson and the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, that's right in the middle of Tornado Alley. But I lived there for a long time, and I never really was close to being around a tornado. And now we're here in northeast Arkansas, and we've had several tornadoes come in here in just the last couple of years. So, when that's happening the other night, you're in college, you've got family back home. I'm sure they're doing a lot of communicating with you and checking on what's going on. Yes. What's crazy is that most of my family lives up in the Wichita Falls area, and they were going through forest fires that day. Oh, and wow. Like field fires. And so they were dealing with that. And I'm up in northeast Arkansas dealing with the tornado. So it's just chaos on Friday, honestly. 
you said it was your first go round, and even if this goes into Saturday morning, and you guys have seen maybe the early footage, what was it like when you got there versus what you thought it would be when in your head? It was so heartbreaking, and it was even scary, like thinking about, well, what if that was my home and my family? And there was just like toys and kids' clothes, like up in the trees and like all over the street. Like we were parked on like a pile of clothes. It was really sad and really eye-opening. Yeah, that was in the middle of studying for finals. So have you wrapped up your finals now? I know before this interview you were taking one. I have one more tomorrow. Okay, well, good luck on that. And while we have you, uh, congratulations on the soccer season. You guys winning uh, the regular season championship. Came up short in the conference tournament, but I know it had to be a fun ride for you and your teammates. It definitely was a great season for us. You're part of this phenomenal freshman group that's going to keep this thing going? Yes. Yeah. So tell if who, who may not have known, because we're talking obviously largely to Arkansas State fans, so just kind of explain the, the dynamic there with that team where you've got you know the super seniors and these record setters that have rewritten the book mixed in with you know, this wave of, of young talent that kind of meshed together and won a championship? It was definitely challenging at first because we have a bunch of youngsters and a bunch of older players, and we all play different kinds of soccer, so we all had to get in a, the same idea of what to do. But since we have super seniors that are leaving this year, we definitely have a young team coming up. And we'll have the same team going into the spring. And I know we're getting a few more recruits going into the fall. But it was definitely, this season was definitely one of the best since I've been here. And I was super proud to be a part of the team. Well, Cooper, congratulations on a great year. And again, uh, thank you for stepping up. Uh, You and your friends the other day going to Monette to help out the folks that were affected by the tornadoes and helping us uh, have something to be proud about here at Arkansas State. Thank you all. All right. That's uh, Cooper Cowan. Tell Tito hi. I will. (laughs) Yeah. Big shout out to Tito. Cooper, of course, the uh, best thing to come out of Burleson, Texas since Kelly Clarkson. So we appreciate uh, appreciate, uh, Cooper joining us today. Y'all have a great day. All right. Thank you, Cooper. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. The Simmons Bank Card Alerts app lets you get more from your Simmons debit and credit cards. Set transaction alerts to be notified of certain card activity and choose how you receive each alert. You can suspend your card, set a spend limit, or decline specific transaction types. You can even manage multiple cards. If your debit card is lost or stolen or you're opening a new account, you can immediately get a new card just by visiting your nearby Simmons branch. Learn more at SimmonsBank.com forward slash debit card. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Wrapping things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Huge week ahead for A-State football. Butch Jones and his staff continue to recruit very hard. They've had recruits on campus the last couple of weekends, and from the end of the season on, they've been trying to uh, bring in a big-time signing class, and we'll find out just who they land coming yeah. up on Wednesday morning. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You know, this is a, a you know, day you and I have come to enjoy a lot. We've talked, and I think we've even talked about it here. You and I can both uh, either, you know, we can take or leave recruiting talk. We're not big on recruits, but we are big on signees because those are guys who are coming to play at Arkansas State. 
and I've said it before, if our management came to me with some expectation to allot any measurable chunk of my time to recruiting, I would might just look for the next thing to do. Because I, I just – and God bless the people that are out there that are making their living covering the whims yeah. of 17-year-olds. I live with a 17-year-old. I don't want to keep up with his whims, much less everybody else's 17-year-old. But signees, what we, we do like, like signees. are signees oh, yeah. because then it's official. They're coming to Arkansas State, and we'll find out just who is officially coming to A-State coming up on Wednesday morning. National Signing Day coverage from 7 to 10. Now, you'll be live on the ticket. I've always been with you for this, but uh, because I'll be coming back from Texas Tech, you'll be there by yourself, but uh, I'm sure you'll have a ton of guests to talk to, including Coach Jones. And as soon as the, the thing about the signing day coverage is you're sitting there right next to Josh Dami from Compliance and Jerry Scott from Sports Information. As soon as those letters come in, paperwork is done, then. We can announce yeah. it right there. This was the last bastion of the fax machine, right? This was the last functionality the fax machine ever had was for whatever for reason. national signing day. The, the, the NCAA still made kids fax that paperwork in. And even that's not the case anymore. You can even, a kid can sign their letter of intent, take a picture of it, and even text that in now, and, it, and it's good enough. So the fax machine's officially dead. A different setup this year as opposed to being in the facility. Coach Jones and his staff are going to kind of have a, a, the working area there in the uh, club level, the Woodard McAllister family club level at the stadium. Yeah, that, that'll that be neat just seeing how that's set up and just love that room for events, period. But to have National Signing Day there at the club area inside the stadium – is uh, a nice touch. Again, you'll have the coverage on the ticket in Northeast Arkansas from 7 to 10. I know Brandon and Kelly from Brandon Baxter in the morning will be on K-Fine as well. So got it covered from every angle. And hopefully we're signing some dudes in the Eastern time zone. Help that 7 o'clock hour (laughs) along. (laughs) Well, they come in during the 6 o'clock hour because 7 a.m., Wherever you are, so yeah, like said, seven a.m. Wherever the, you are, a couple in the opera already. So National Signing Day Wednesday, and of course next week on the podcast, we'll have plenty of talk about that. And then, as far as basketball goes, we mentioned the men earlier. They're at Texas Tech on Tuesday, Air Force on Sunday, and then the women didn't mention their game last week, but they played at Utah State and. Pretty wild contest. They fell short by one. So, and I haven't said, or truth, I haven't even talked off the air a lot to people about this game. But here's my take on it. Number one, the thing you don't want everyone to do is give up a late lead Mm -hmm. the way that happened. A run late and a team hit a shot late to, to win a game it probably shouldn't have won. Secondary to that is the fact that Utah State played the second half with five players. Because here's the deal: should that happen? No. I mean, do you, should you give up a late lead like that? No. Because I, you know, if you're watching ESPN, you know, A State's win probability was creeping up. It was in the mid ninety percent win probability as that game, as that fourth quarter unfolded, and you give up a late run and lose. Privately. I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't find some college basketball coaches that would take take their chances 
play in the second half with five as long as they had some input on who the five were. And I checked with Kate Carlton when he got back. I think they said there were three starters on the floor for Utah okay. State. So they had three starters and two bench kids that they had to play with because of a late situation in the first half where every kid on the bench left the bench. And so every kid on the bench for Utah State was ejected for the rest of the game. So the five they had on the floor is who they had to play the second half with. And is that crazy? Yes. Have you ever heard of it? Probably not. Never have. But think about this. You're talking about 18 to you know 21 or two athletes mm-hmm. in shape playing in the second half of game where in the second, you, you and I know, and you get five media timeouts in the second half of a college basketball game plus whatever timeout your coaches call. So it's not like just because they had five, those five are going to be running on fumes and they were crawling up and down the floor and had to hit the game-winning shot that way. More teams than you think could get through the second half of a game with five players with all the media timeouts. Now it'd be tough to do it for an entire game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, but because it just sounds so crazy, but the truth is from an endurance standpoint, as long as you don't get somebody else fouled out or hurt, the kids you got are going to be able to make it because they're in great shape and you get stoppages of play quite often. The women are home Tuesday night against Mississippi Valley. Then we'll take on Hendricks Sunday at four. And again, that's the back half of that doubleheader with the men. We talked about rants earlier. Now, was the gift card thing? Does that count as your yeah, your rant? Because I really didn't have one. I have much else that was on the fly. <laughs> I just well, that was a good one. Yeah, I, you know, I had some family. I had two different family functions at my house over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Not counting the fact this spent Friday night, my anniversary, sitting in the basement. But I had family function one side of the family in my house on Saturday, another on Sunday, and someone in my family is talking about the other side of their family. They literally with this part of the uh, with the other side of their family do a thing where they just swap fifty dollar gift cards with this person's in laws. When you go over there, you give them a $50 gift card to someplace. They give you a $50 gift card to someplace. Like, what in the world? And, and I You're say just that saying, because, hold on to your because money. the person I'm related to, you know, that, that wasn't their jam either, doing it that way. Even they realize, well, that's kind of different. <laughs> but, yeah, I just like, yeah, I just go hang out and be together. Well, I mean, what's the swapping money? I, don't get... I think I'm with you on that one. We always appreciate you tuning in. For Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week, everybody. You've been listening to the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank.